This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. Middle school basketball coaching legend and Duke basketball shooting coach in his mind, Austin Orman. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Strick and Austin. That's right. It is a heavy NBA hour to end out your, I guess, in-studio content for the day here at 93.7 The Ticket. We've got a couple baseball games tonight. Nick Sainert on the call from Tal Anderson Field. That's where the Class A action is. We'll send it out to Nick when we're done here at just about 4 o'clock Central Time. But we're talking basketball here this hour. A lot going on in the NBA. Next segment, we'll get into the NBA draft lottery, which is tonight. Uh, which teams do we want to see win it? Which teams don't deserve it? Who needs Wemby uh, the worst? We'll get into all that. Uh, but this first segment, uh, pow, you- pow, jaw, pow, pow, jaw, right. Moran. We got to talk about pow, pow, jaw. My let's, gosh. Let's, Again, let's thank Mary Ellen's. Yes. You guys are great. Charles, Oof. you're awesome. Go off on jaw. My goodness. The most idiotic thing. I think you were in line for an all-NBA, which sets you in line for a super max contract. Mm-hmm. Down the drain. 39 million tickets down the drain. Uh, you might lose Nike. And your boy tried to save you, but you were still so idiotic. That it's below your waistband, you pull it up, your boy shines a light, quickly tries to get away, but the internet, that thing is undefeated. I just think, it's, it seems to me that, and, and this is something I, when I used to go speak at the symposiums for the NBA, one thing it seems to me is, is for certain, and it's getting worse is that young men, young women of the day seem to feel as though they have a Samson syndrome. Do you know what I'm talking about? You're talking about that they're invincible and nothing can touch them. You're you're handcuffed behind your back, everything, you know, everything you think you can get out of, every situation, you just feel like you're, you know, it's not going to touch you, Mm -hmm. not going to be a part of uh, any problems for you, you're going to get through it, and then when you get through it, you, it's a humbling moment, but man, you ain't even months out of what happened. You right back into the same category. Corporate businesses are not going to touch you. You missed that back. Why do you think LeBron is teetering on being a billionaire? Because of the fact he kept his nose clean. Mm-hmm. He does what he's supposed to do. He handles business, and he surrounded himself with a team that watches out for him. They're kind of gatekeepers, and that's part of their job. Ja don't have no gatekeepers. He doesn't have no gatekeepers. I One of my boys' best friend, Jay, Jay Stedman, he's he's coaching down in Rio Grande Valley. When I played for the Mavericks, Jay, Jay, Jay was my gatekeeper. When it came to mail, stuff that was being sent to me, people that wanted to meet with me i had another one too rick rick riley kind of he he was one of the gatekeepers then my dad so i had like three of them 
But whenever it was time for somebody to to deal with me or his observations on top of mine, because I'm very observant. Whenever I'm somewhere, I'm watching, I'm seeing, you know, projecting the scene, seeing what's popping. And then if it gets kind of funny style, I'm out. But Jay would always come over at certain times and he'd say, it's time to move around. Because he could see stuff is starting to kind of congregate, you know, meander around me. And, you know, when you're good, when you're good in the community, when you're good to people, one of the other things that was was noticed, if anything ever popped up, some brothers that I had just known in the in the community and just got to know, and if you humble yourself and you treat everybody with respect, they would always come up to me, Strick, you good? You need anything? You all right? Yeah, 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 I'm good, I'm good. You know, you can do that. You don't have to, you don't have to show, because now if somebody won't smoke with you, they gonna test you. So uh, to me, I think it's just, it's bad all the way around. I think, listen, you know the discount that the next team's gonna get if it's not Memphis Grizzlies, whoever it is, somebody's about to get a big discount because like, right now, you're, you, if anything, you should have been watching Mikael Bridges. Now, is it Mikael Bridges? Uh, no, Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges. Mm-hmm. If anything, you should have been watching the Miles Bridges situation. Got the lean, all the stuff, you know, you you doing all the, this stuff on your Instagram. You should have saw what happened in that situation and been able to apply it. But Samson syndrome kicks in, my boy. It's unfortunate because Very. this is a guy that's positioned to be one of the faces of the league for a decade to come. To me, Strick, it Man. is – it's it's short sighted, you know. And I'm not saying that John Morant is helpless or he's beyond reach. But you would think that suspending him like they did, all the backlash, that someone in his circle, anyone would say, "Hey, let's maybe not." Yeah. I hope this is just immaturity. I hope this is just a guy with his first taste of you know huge fame and fortune, and that he's actually going to learn from this. Because he's already had two strikes with this mm-hmm. policy alone. I hope there's someone, whether it's in the Grizzlies front office, on the Grizzlies team, a, a fellow NBA player that he's run into, or even just someone in the community that says, young man, take a step back. I get it. In the moment, this seems cool. It yeah. seems like the thing to do. You seem like you're living your best life. You're not. Okay? There's a bigger picture. Don't just think about now. Think about 10 years down right. the line. Think about 15, 20 years right. down the line. Because it's one thing to live in the moment and enjoy you know, your fame and your success when you have it. It's another to have not just yourself, but think about Jaw's daughter. You know, He has a young daughter. Yeah. She's adorable. Mm-hmm. You know, they had some awesome moments his first couple of years in the league with her, you know, running up to him on the court and that sort of stuff. Think about her setting her up for success. If you get tied up with the wrong people, how fast could that go away? Yeah. Yeah. There's so much more on the table. I mean, yes, yeah, so much for John Morant, but the people around him, too, the ones he's supposed to be closest to, he's hurting them as well. About. That's what I'm talking about. The team, Austin, you're so on point. And, and here's the crazy uh, – here's, here's, here's a crazy dynamic. Lorenzen Wright, mm-hmm. top NBA player, drafted, you know. In Memphis. For, in Memphis. Mm-hmm. From there, his own – City murked him. Mm-hmm. See that? Then you got Young Dolph, rapper. Mm-hmm. I don't really too much. I, I mean, I've heard his music. I'm not, you know, really a, a 
you know, into the music. Mm -hmm. But from there, in the community, does stuff for the community, goes in there to a donut shop that he loves when he's home, comes out, city took him down. Ja, if you keep playing with fire, sooner or later, someone's going to test you. And if you're lucky, it'll be like Paul Man. Pierce. If you're not if lucky. If you're lucky. If you're not lucky, you're Lorenzen Wright. Lorenzen Wright. That's what I'm saying. So that's the danger of this whole thing, unfortunately. Um, I wanted to toss it back to you on the Doc Rivers firing. Mm-hmm. Um do you think he hasn't get a, get another another shot right away? I think he should. I think Doc Rivers is a really good coach. Doc Rivers though has huge shortcomings in the largest moments. And again, to some degree it's unfair to pin everything on Doc. I mean, think about Strick, what we heard before game 6 of this this recent series. Mm-hmm. We heard Joe Missoula in Boston say on the day of the game, oh, we're going to go with the two-big lineup. We're going to start Robert Williams and Al Horford in the same lineup. What did we hear from Doc in the pregame presser? Oh, yeah, we practiced for that. He knew that adjustment was coming. Boston was just better, mm-hmm. you know, those two games. Mm-hmm. And Beaton Harden didn't rise to the occasion like they needed to. Yeah. So Doc Rivers clearly has the basketball mind. He has the regular season results. But you brought up a great point, and I, I had to look up the tweet to make sure I got this right. Strick. Doc Rivers has lost seven series. His teams have been up 3-1 or 3-2. That's crazy. Seven. That's crazy. You get to the brink. You're looking over the cliff. You're about to dive in, and then (laughs) you get the string pulled out. The Sixers alone in Embiid's career have been 5-6. and But here's a a number for Philly. They're 0-4 against teams that have 50 wins or more. Hmm. Uh, Rivers in his coaching career, he gets credited for a lot, but he's 17 and 33 in games that would allow his team. So we, we you're you're on it. Mm-hmm. That would allow his team to clinch a playoff series. He's 17 and 33. It's almost 50 percent. Well, 33 percent. Right. Essentially, yeah. Essentially, right. Yeah. Six and ten. In game sevens. So, I think there's opportunities for him. My issue that I'm going to throw to you before we get into other aspects, um, what what team do you think – because you, you know he can't go back to the Clippers. That's not going to happen. No. I think Brooklyn's good. Um, you got Toronto – who who who? Where where do you think would be a good fit for a Doc Rivers at this point? I'll answer it, and then I'm going to flip it around to you okay. in a slightly different way. For me, I wouldn't hate Doc in Milwaukee with Giannis. I think that could be an interesting pairing. Negative. I don't know if I love it. No, Doc, don't Doc, love it. Doc in Toronto. Eh. If you want to raise your floor, again, I think Doc is a floor raiser. I don't know what he does for your ceiling, but I think Doc is a really good, consistent, regular season coach. So as I look at the teams with openings, who needs you know to raise that floor? Who needs to take that, that next step? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't. I mean, there should be an NBA job out there for Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't hate him in New Orleans. I really wouldn't. 
I, I, I would say I would look more there. I, I think, I think there's a guy for Milwaukee that's already connected. Great relationships with the players played there, and to me, I think Sam Cassell would be a good fit for them. I like just, that. Just just he's already connected. Mm-hmm. He, he, the guys like him. You know, I I I think that relationship would fit more than I think with a doc. But I'm just throwing spitballing. I, I um, like but it. But go ahead. You the, had something for me. The question I would flip around to you is, which opening is the best? Is it Milwaukee? Is it Phoenix? Is it Philadelphia? Is it Toronto? Just just <laughs> overall, which is which is the best? Okay. Um, I'm going to start here. I'm going to do a few caveats. Um, you've got an MVP candidate there. You have a guy that's willing to relinquish some of the spotlight in Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to have to now. You're going to lose Harden. You got to have to tap a, tap in on Tyrese Maxey. Mm-hmm. Is that enough? That's what you're going to have to ask yourself. Is that enough for what you've got in the Eastern Conference? Because you got to remember, you've got a you've got a Cleveland team that's still coming on the raise. Mm-hmm. You've got a Brooklyn team that hasn't spent time together. They add a piece or two. Dangerous. Mm-hmm. You've got New York now. Whether they keep him or not, New York is still going to be a relevant situation, I mm-hmm. think, uh, with Jalen Brunson leading that squad. Um, Atlanta is still not bad. You've got Miami that's got the same squad. They're not going nowhere. No. Few additions in the front court, I think, raise them up another level. Mm-hmm. I think it's dangerous in, in the West, in the East, because of those situations. Well, in Milwaukee and Boston. <laughs> it would have been better than you the last three exactly. years. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So. I think the better situation to me is Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got they, they're going to have to they're going to have to move some guys. I mean, they've got the same guys. They haven't been able to break through. They're going to have to lure somebody there. Mm-hmm. Um, who that is? I think they've got to move on from um, uh, the big fella. They got Lopez. They got to. It's got to be either Middleton or Lopez. They can't do both, and that's unfortunate. I I think Brooke Lopez is is somebody that's been good for them because now he's he's a consistent stretch type of guy, but they've got to they've got to figure that out. Um, I still think they need a guy at the guard position with a more dog mentality. I love what um, uh, Drew Drew does defensively. I just don't mm-hmm. think. He he has that attack. Go get it when they need another body to do that. Like, kind of, if like he was more like guard, Ty- yeah. yeah, if he was more like Tyrese Maxey to me, I would I would be, you know, yeah, comfortable good. with him. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So I, I I don't like the Phoenix situation. I think they're I think their coffers are drained. It's going to depend on what they're able to acquire with Chris Paul gone. Because he gone, gone. Yeah, uh, that that's going to be the deciding factor, I think, in that situation. How that situation looks, because they they just they they drain their coffers. They don't have depth. Mm-hmm. They don't have a center. Nope. And out there, <laughs> out there, you got to deal with the Joker. You got to deal with Anthony Davis. You've got to deal with Sabonis. Carl Anthony Towns yeah. when he's engaged. So yeah, talk talk to you know miss me with that one. They're they're in trouble. Aiden's got to go though. But at this point, yeah, they don't have enough front court help. Can they get enough? I don't know. There might be some money available there. It just but but what what type of center can you get? Now unless somebody becomes available in the draft, you're going to develop them up and work it through that that method. Speaking of acquisitions for Phoenix, 
after Matt Ishbia fires Monty Williams, who had a fantastic run as the Suns coach. Did really he helped. do some did he do some he came in and shook some things up. Did he ever? He was the one that pushed for the Durant yeah. trade and he kind of went over James Jones's head in in getting rid of Monty Williams. Monty Williams is going to find another basketball. Facts. There's no he's question. Good. He's he's good. He's good. But the first person I could actually see him in Philly. Ooh. I could actually see Monty okay. in Philly. Okay. Like, a Monty in Philly mm-hmm. I think works. I like that. That's just me. The first target I saw for the Suns, Strick, Nebraska's own Teron Lue. I like I like T. Lou down there. Is that a better situation for him than the Clippers, though? He just does not have his guys available when he needs them. Correct. But without having them, he's done a tremendous job of still being relevant and winning games. Mm-hmm. What he was able to do and get Westbrook to do without those guys – Mm-hmm. I give credit to him because nobody else was able to do it. Now, listen, I've got to give credit, too. I'm going to give big credit to Darvin Ham. Mm-hmm. He took the brunt of it. He figured it out. Got the guys playing at another level. Mm-hmm. Um, that series is going to depend on how well Anthony Davis consistently plays. Uh, and he's probably the only one that I think has the capability, if his mind is right, to handle Joker. Sure. You know, with his feet, <laughs> length, mm-hmm. you know, I think he has that ability. But we'll see. Now, mind you, the Denver's got home court. This ain't the bubble. It ain't. They got to go in that rare air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and LeBron ain't young, and a few <laughs> of them ain't young. Just played about 38 minutes in a closeout game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they got to deal with that rare air. So um, I like I like what's going on there. Um I, I, I would love Teron in, in a Phoenix. I think that's a good opportunity. It sounds that there's, you know, there's, they're looking into it, mm-hmm. seeing how they can make that happen. Um, I don't know who would take Toronto's job. We talked about your boy, um, your boy, because he's your, yeah, J.J. My Reddick. Okay. <laughs> he's a dookie, yeah. your boy. Uh, we talked about J.J. Reddick looking up there. But um, there's going to be a shuffle. Uh, I think Bodenholzer, he might he might be the one that goes in Toronto, possibly. I think there's still some shuffles to be made. I still think there's some good coaches out there. I think Sam Cassell is one of them. I also think mm-hmm. Nick Van Exel is one of them. I heard Karan Butler thrown out for the I, job, too. Yeah, Karan is solid. I mean, what you know, Karan, is, he's been around. He's been around the block. Uh, mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, whether it be the Bucks, I don't know. I just don't know how that would fit for me. But hmm, just, throw, just throw it out. Speaking of fit, Victor Wembanyama is fitting into a lot of teams' plans. 14 teams hoping to be able to uh, have the first overall pick, the first chance to snag the seven-foot-four French prospect. Uh, the draft lottery is tonight. Let's get into that in the next segment. Who yeah, needs we'll, him worst? We'll, we'll bring Cluster, and we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that with Cluster Johnson. There we go. Cluster Johnson talking NBA draft lottery and more on the other side.